Hello. It's the J and Ben show and we're in the office. Hey there guys, welcome to the J and Ben McKinnis Marketing Minute. Hey. No. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. No, no, what? Can I get a water? That was good. You sound like you're like nine. Can I get a water, eh? We don't say A after every Yes, sentence. you do. Yes, you do. Can I get a water, eh? You should know this by now. Are you finished? No. Carry on. Good afternoon. It's Friday. It's the Friday? It's Friday. It's not Thursday. We're supposed to have these on Thursday. I apologize. My fault. I'm going to take the blame for this one for once. And it's going to go up today. What are we talking about? It's a cluster. We are talking about multiple offers. Uh, if you watched last week, you would have heard us say that we're going to talk about multiple offers this week. And we are true to that promise. And we are talking about multiple offers and how to navigate multiple offers as today's market just seems rife with them. And by navigate, we mean be successful and win. So, well, I, I, okay, disclaimer here, disclaimer. This is a how to navigate multiple offers. This is not a guaranteed win in multiple offers. If you want the guaranteed win in multiple offers, offer a million above asking price. There's your guaranteed win. It's a little excessive, but yes. But it's how to successfully navigate in multiple offers because I think a lot of people panic. Do you, you have something to say? A lot of people do panic. Please continue. A lot of people panic. They don't really know where to start. They kind of think about throwing a number. Why that number? Where do you get a base from? And Although there is a certain bit of, of guesstimate work, you like that word? There's a there's an element of an element of process and structure that you can go through in order to get you there more safely, strategically, and successfully. As nobody wants that buyer's remorse when you've paid two hundred thousand dollars above what you really should have or could have paid, and now you're there. Okay. <laughs> Numero uno. Yes. Point one, Jay. Point one. I'm going to put point one as the comps. Yep. Use the comps. Do not use the asking price. Yes, correct. Uh, there are plenty of, I won't say agents, plenty of agent seller decisions which uh, can very well price a property below the clear and assumed market value of itself based on the comparables. Uh, they're doing this to generate multiple offers. Thank you. So that number is irrelevant to what you are trying to achieve. It's simply getting people in the door, assisting the seller in theory to get more people bidding and get his or her number up. It's to get your attention, which it rightfully has done so. Yes, so use the comps. The comps are what the market has provided you with in the form of actual dollars down on properties. The comps plus the time and market between now and when those comps were, apples to apples comps, of course, are best, plus Stop. how many comparable buyers there are. How many people Stop are you going down against? all of the steps. I just want step one. Okay. The comps. The comps. To summarize what Jay has said in a massively long and windy way, again, don't look at the asking price. 
Look at the comparables that have sold within the last three months, say. And if everything is comparable to that property and it's the comparable show a property value of 1.6 million, but it's listed at 1.4 million, guess what? It's not worth 1.4 million and it's not selling for 1.4 million. It's going closer to that 1.6 million. Then you need to adjust in step two. You want to step the whole thing. Right? Yeah, well, we're going to step the whole thing. You need to follow a process. Step two is adjust for the way the market is moved. So as of right now, the market has steadily been averaging upwards over the month. So if you look at those comparables and... Really? Who could this possibly be? Nemo, hang up the phone. <laughs> I will be killed for that when she watches this. <laughs> um, adjust for where the market is gone. So if those comparables all sold three months ago, then you know three months ago that's what the property was worth and it's been moving upwards ever since. Then the third rule, which is a bit about the guessing work, is how many people have you seen at the open house? There's how many people you've seen at the open house, there's traffic, you can always call the agent to find out what their, uh, what their traffic has been like as well, which you have to take with a grain of salt because we're each playing on one side of the fence, realistically against each other. Um, not that any agent will lie. Just that you want to take these pieces of information with a grain of salt. So the more, pe I mean, if there is an open house and you see uh, an array of shoes outside the front because there's so many people going through, they're not accepting offers until the following Monday at 6 p.m., that's a common one, and it looks very well priced, nine times out of 10, you are going to be in a multiple offer situation. So if you get the price that it was worth that two or three months ago, account for the market moving upwards, say it's gone 0.7% like currently on average each month, then you know where you're kind of basing your figure. Then when it comes to actually getting your price, you need to find out what you're comfortable losing at. So that process goes a little bit like this, Jay. Yeah, so once you know how many people you're competing against, calling the agent last minute before they're looking and saying, how many people am I competing against? That's step three, we've gone past step three. You didn't go into enough detail on that. Um, then it's, yes, if you are going to say, these are the comps, build the case that we've just gone through and say my number is 1.5. Okay, are you willing to be happy you lost if it sells for 1.5, one. No, I'd be mad, 1.55. No, I'd still be mad. And so on and so forth until you get to that final number that you're actually comfortable with. The problem with multiples is you lose the leverage of negotiation, so you have to put best foot forward. Because you don't know whether the agent's gonna come back to everyone and say, okay, give us your best prices now, or whether they're just gonna take the best offer straight off the bat, and it's completely down to them, and it could be different every single time. So yeah, you need to, further to Jay's point, you need to get to the point where if you're gonna offer 1.59 and somebody buys it for 1.591, you're okay saying, okay, no, we're good with letting that go. And again, you really need to think about this number because like Ben said, a lot of people think, well, common sense is that if there's three that are close, they're gonna come back to us. We can only assume and we'll never know what's going on in the meeting between the listing agent and the seller. They may just say, I don't have time. These are all great numbers. I'm just gonna pick this one or they'll go back and give you the second chance. But don't assume you're gonna get that second chance. And don't forget as well, you can either be the victim 
of the statistics or you can be the statistic. And what we mean by that is, so say it goes for 1.591. If you purchased it for that, you have set the new benchmark pricing for that type of property and you are the statistic. If anything comes to market after that point that's comparable, that property is going to sell for that 1.591 as a minimum because that is the new benchmark. And at which point you're then gonna be the victim because if you can capture it at that rate, you've captured it at market value. Now there is the worst thing to do in multiple offers. Jay? The worst thing to do is not to offer at all. That's it. It's, and I think a lot of people don't really understand this. Not offering a tool actually costs you money. Because again, going back to being the statistic or being a victim of the st statistic, if you offer, you actually have a chance. Just because somebody says they're accepting multiple offers does not mean that they're always gonna get them. And True. you don't know everyone else's story. So you don't know what everyone else is gonna offer. You may think that your offer is okay, but everyone else's offer may be slightly below. So never fear it because if you fear it, you're never gonna go in and you're never actually gonna buy anything and you're just gonna keep being the victim because the prices are gonna keep going like this as they are currently. And if you're always fearing it, you're never actually gonna try and slot in here, slot in here, slot in here to win. So if if you are someone who cannot get over that, can't go through that process, you're too nervous, as a very, very, very last resort, we just recommend if you were gonna offer a price and you were the only person offering, what would it be? If it's reasonable, throw that number in. I mean, if it's, if it's worth 1.5, you can see it's worth 1.7 and you wanna throw in like 1.4. Okay, don't, don't waste your own time, but throw it in if it's reasonable because again, you never know. And then at least you can kind of get a bit of the flavor for what, or for how not scary multiple offers really are. Yeah, and it, it can be very daunting, but if you go in with, of course, an agent who's experienced with this and can structure your offer as ideally uh, in the seller's eyes as they can while still protecting what is important to you by way of subjects and all that, um, pre-inspections, that's a whole other thing, uh, and getting the offer as clean as, and straightforward as possible. I called on a place yesterday and they were expecting offers on Monday and they got nothing. So if we were looking a week ago and we chose to offer that day, um, obviously the seller has to accept, but we, we would have won by putting a market value offer in, even though it was very scary coming up to it because they were trying to position themselves in multiples and they just didn't get it. That's it, that's it. And then as a final point, uh, Jay briefly touched on it there, is how can you boost your offer? So maybe not necessarily price, but call the agent. What's their preferred closing dates? Can you match those dates? If you viewed it a few days in advance, can you get an inspection done called a pre-inspection beforehand? So that when it actually comes time to writing and submitting that offer, the less subjects you can put on there and the closer you can get to subject free, of course, making sure you look after your own priorities the better chance you're going to stand as well. It's, that's just kind of like the cherry on top. Yeah, go through all the, if it's a, if it's a strata, go through all the strata documents first. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you're comfortable with them. Like Ben said, a big one is dates. A lot of people, if they're selling, they need to buy, they've possibly already purchased. So there could very well be ideal dates that work for them. And if you're flexible, that's something that will definitely be appealing to them. We always think that the dollar value is the most. And a lot of the mm -hmm. time it is the most important but there's a lot of more moving parts in an offer that uh, we can lean on to get your offer accepted and also looking just as beneficial. And that's it. I think that wraps us up for this week, guys. Thank just you for joining us. 
There's a lot more behind each of these points. I'm not allowed to go into the detail I want without hearing it from him, but throw questions forward uh, below because there's a lot of aspects about multiple offers that go on and that I'm sure you have further questions on because that was very Cole's notes. I'll leave I've been you. saluting for 15 <laughs> seconds. See you next week, guys. Thanks, bye. We'll be right back.